0: inspiration is overrated you have to muscle through Hmm. and the more you do it the more you'll be able to do it
1: Welcome to Hi, Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts, doing our best to cultivate a raw
2: and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So, Mom, let's talk. Hi, Mom. Let's talk to my little sister, Audrey, about creativity. All right. That'll be fun. Hello, Audrey.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for joining us.
2: (laughs) Audrey, would you like to begin with like little blurb about who you are? How old are you? What do you do in the world? Something like that. Sure. I could give that speech too, but I feel like you could give it to
0: yourself. (laughs) Okay. I'm 18. I just graduated high school in Pasadena. I am going to Seattle Pacific University in the fall, and I'll be majoring in political science as of now. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's right.
2: That's very good. Audrey, mom and I are doing a full series on creativity. Last week's episode was about just like intro to creativity. One of the big things we talked about comes from John Cleese's book, which we're going to do a book review on as well, where he basically says creativity What is it exactly, Mom?
1: By creativity, I simply mean new ways of thinking about things. That's right. Thank you. We're going to do a book review of that book. We're going to talk about lots of different
2: ways in the world we can think outside of the box. Right. So it's we always talk about creativity as like crafting. But where is their creativity in communication with each other? Where is their creativity in the food that we make and the ways that we keep ourselves interested in life? You are now experiencing, Audrey, I think in some respects, something that I also experienced at your age, which is the whole like the whole world is talking about your generation and giving your generation lots of labels. When I was in high school and past, it was like, ah, millennials, they're so confusing and we're scared of them and they don't have any responsibility and what do we do with them and now millennials are young parents and it's the gen z generation coming in so don't feel like you have to like speak for the whole gen z generation but i am excited to talk to you about what you think about creativity i think about you as a really creative person um But if you if I was to say that to you, like, I think you're really creative. I don't know what comes to mind as far as creativity or what what do you think of when you hear something like that?
0: Yeah, I think similar to what you were just saying, a lot of people think of creativity as art, especially visual art, like doing crafts or painting or something like that. And people say, oh, you're very creative. But I think that creativity can be found in anything, which is similar to what John Cleese, that quote was. I think creativity is thinking outside the box. And that can be whatever your box is. And yeah, I think it's also just coming with being willing to try something new and just learning. I think creativity Mm. is very just learning something and doing something maybe not quite normal.
2: Hmm. What do you think constitutes normal? I totally see what you mean. But like, I guess there's got to be some place where people like subliminally establish what the word normal, like what normal means.
0: Sure. Yeah. And now that I've said that, I do think I don't love the word normal or like ordinary. I actually thought of this like a few months ago because it implies that there is an abnormal. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is an obvious thought of way to do things that Like for me, for instance, I do a lot of sewing. So I'll take my old clothes or I'll go to a thrift store and take some clothes there and then I'll remake them to fit me Mm -hmm. or to be something new. And people are often very very surprised by that, right? Oh, well, why don't you just buy it? Or that's so much easier to do this than that. And that's, I think, just a way that I'm creative of finding how to take this old dress that I don't really like anymore and make it into a new shirt or something like that, that I guess is new for a lot of people. That's a great example of thinking outside of the
2: box. It is impressive to me, even just the way that you can look at like a big oversized dress and be like, there's something I can do with this. Is definitely thinking more than just surface level. Mom, when you were growing up, did people think about that? Did people like alter clothing? Was drifting a thing growing for you? <laughs>
1: People did alter clothing, but thrifting, I shopped at thrift stores for in college. Definitely. I would go and get like old suit jackets and that were like small men's sizes and
0: Mm. wear them.
1: People call it more vintage shopping instead of thrift shopping. No, it was still called a thrift store. I mean, there were vintage stores, but I didn't go to those stores. It was like just thrift stores that I shopped at occasionally. But I didn't think about altering my clothes as much. Like, you're a lot more brave and bold with saying, I'm going to take this perfectly fine dress and I'm going to cut it apart and make it into a small shirt. And I look at that and think, oh, that was a dress before. But it's not bad. It's, I mean, you have a cute, very cute shirt of mine that you made into a shirt that used to be a dress. (laughs) (laughs) And I was done with it. So it's just like a different mindset. So that is very creative because it's not something that I did. And to be that bold, to just like cut into already perfectly made outfit, that takes some boldness and courage like I can do something new with this.
2: That's a great point, mom. I think you hit on maybe like a first pillar of creativity that I hadn't thought of, which is that there is courage that is involved in creativity. Mm -hmm. When I first think of creativity, the first things that come to mind for me are just like joy and freedom or. Maybe not thinking outside the box, but like not needing to color in the lines, the kind of feel. I don't automatically think of courage because courage to me has the underbelly of fear always there. That's why you need courage. And I definitely feel that way when I watch the little edited videos Audrey makes of the things that she has created, because I feel the same way. Like you just thread ripped that whole thing, and like, what if you cut it too small, and then you just can't use the fabric at
1: all? Then she wouldn't have made the video.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess.
0: I don't. Do you get over that, Audrey? Like, how are you? Do you get scared of all those kind of things? I think what I've learned, and there are a million quotes about this. I think one by Einstein where he says something like, "If you never fail, you've never tried anything." Mm, sure. Yeah. It's definitely intimidating because I watch a lot of tutorials on YouTube or videos on Instagram about people trying new things and it seems so easy. But yeah, I remember this one I watched of like a a cooking show and it was this amazing thing this guy created. And then I watched the behind the scenes of it and Mm. he made it Mm. maybe 20 times before it came out perfectly. And he talked about how frustrating it was and how many times he kept messing up and he thought about giving up at one point, but he really did want to finish this video and in the video you don't see any of those behind the scenes you just see him make it perfectly the, and
1: yeah. something that you guys have figured out to a degree is that well no some people still struggle with it i would say people your age but all pe- ages of uh, is the highlights reel of social media that right it's edited and and just the highlights and all the guffaws are uh, cut out <laughs>
0: Yeah. I call it like the montage effect. Like you Mm. see all the good things Mm -hmm. of maybe like someone getting really fit, but you don't realize, oh, it actually took them three years and they worked Mm. really hard and they had lots of ups and downs and all of that. So I think I definitely get discouraged. And what I've learned with that is it's okay to fail and also knowing your limits. Mm. So there are times where I am so like a few weeks ago, I got these really huge pair of jeans and I wanted to try a new way of sewing them that I had seen a video of. And so I worked on them all morning for like four hours. I sewed them up, kept seam ripping them. They I sewed them too small. And so I seam ripped <laughs> it, did it again, and then it was too big. And so then I did it small. There's just a lot of little things, but I really enjoyed it. So I I was like having fun. I was learning. So I continued sewing. And then once I realized I I think I'm going to get frustrated with this soon, I just put it away. Hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll come back to this tomorrow. Oh, that's so smart. Where did you yeah. get that
1: self-control <laughs> just to know when to stop?
0: Well, it's not always <laughs> easy. It's usually pretty hard. But just I think I've been learning to redefine something frustrating as like a learning tool. So like just a few days ago I got really frustrated with my sewing machine it, it wasn't working and I was getting so mad but I knew that it was stupid I was mm-hmm. like why am I mad about this thing Ugh, I should go to do something else right. so I just let it go and I went to the gym and then I was like getting my anger out on the treadmill <laughs> <laughs> you know so, that's right but then it was like okay I turned something that was bad into something that actually helped me exercise
1: so mm. you know so you, uh, bad days and good days the yeah. healthy outlets when you get frustrated yeah the, the technology breakdown especially with regard to a sewing machine or maybe your your tools yeah. aren't aren't very good that can be such an inhibitor for creativity if we don't recognize, especially that, okay, I'm just frustrated with my tools right now. Like maybe it's the computer. That's right. Maybe it's the sewing machine, whatever. But you seem to have a good gauge for yourself of like, oh, I need to take a break from that right now.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the fact that you said like you need to know your limits. Because when you said that, I immediately thought you meant your like expertise level, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I guess is probably also true. You know, like you'll be way more frustrated if you bite off too much to but I, I don't know isn't part of creativity this like trying something new aspect of it like not needing to be an expert so i'm, I'm I just appreciate you vocalizing the fact that there are still limits when you are being creative but those uh, first of all like don't have to be barriers that totally stop and as muta said mom that like if, if it's possible to separate out your success with the frustration of the technology or the like tactile things Mm -hmm. it'd be easier to come back and try again when this like immediate i guess you could say failure is is not tied to like your worth and is as just tied to to the the fact that you got to practice more with with all the technology Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah i think part of that is learning how to name your anger I was talking to a friend about this yesterday and just saying how when you get angry at something, whether it be someone or something that you're angry at yourself, it can form big bitterness that's hard to get over. But if you're able to name, like, if you're in a relationship, I'm not mad at you, but I'm mad that we keep disagreeing on how to put the dishes away or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, then it gives us something to work with. And so being able to say, Ugh, I'm just so annoyed at this stupid machine. It keeps breaking on me. Okay, well, it's not me. So I'll try something else for now. And that also reminds me of how creativity is born in Limits or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. It just reminds me of this, like, scene in the movie Apollo. 13 when Mm -hmm. they need more oxygen in the spaceship and so the people down at nasa put together they have like okay this is all the things they have up in the spaceship they have like a tissue box a pvc pipe some other random things and then they make like a little oxygen sort of tank thing out of all these random things you know so it's like when you give yourself less that's often what creates more. Yeah, I totally was thinking about that,
2: too. I, I've heard art, I guess, like classic artists, like visual artists or something, talk a lot about that. Just like the the concept of sometimes when you're like, I want to be creative today, you get like paralyzed by the surplus. You know, there's like the world is your oyster. Where do I start? What do I do? Mm. It's kind of fun to give yourself creative limits that say, OK, today I'm only using charcoal and paper, you know, or like today I'm only baking you know with apples <laughs> whatever it is it kind of gives you it gives you a streamlined process to give you direction
0: yeah a few weeks ago mom you and i did a painting
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i wanted to do only with three colors two or just nice. two, two colors, or three
1: colors. we yeah. did it
0: with blue yellow and white i guess we I did use white so yeah. it was three colors so yeah if white
1: you kind the color
0: but that was super fun and we did a painting Together on the same canvas, a lemon tree hmm. and, like, some sun. Beautiful. But it was, okay, we don't have all the colors in the world, but we're going to use these three to make a picture. And that was cool. Guess what happened? That is you can a funny shout-out. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you, you can mix
2: colors. See, that's helpful with paint. That's a funny shout-out um, because podcast listeners might remember from all of my stories of teaching my kindergartner this year mm. that she introduced me to what she calls the three-marker challenge. Oh. And that was often our, like, between-classes break where she would get all her markers out and we'd close her eyes and pick three random markers. And then we each have to make a picture using just those colors. Hmm. Um, The added confusion for me the very first month I was teaching her is that she cannot say TH. And so... The entire time I thought she said the free marker challenge. And I was oh. like, what is free about these markers? <laughs> it took a long time to realize she was saying free marker challenge. Wow. Audrey, you mentioned, actually, we've all mentioned like social media and making videos. And I do feel like that is sort of a trope of what culture is talking about now about like a Gen Z specific thing, which is like the, the creation of a video content in addition to the artistic or creative portions of your life. Do you how do you interact with social media? Do you find it more inspiring or more debilitating? Uh, where How do you interact with that? Yeah,
0: sure. It's definitely a journey. And I think it is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes through stages of loving Instagram, hating it, being a YouTuber, then deciding yeah. to stop. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned just in general for social media, like I have Instagram and Pinterest. And then I go on YouTube, too. Those are like my only social media outlets. But now I'm rarely on Instagram. It's not on my phone. Sometimes I go on my computer just because some like I think I've learned a lot from it from who I follow because I do constantly clean my feed where like I'll follow people or unfollow others because I only want to be receiving encouraging stuff. Hmm. But I think that I also just follow out of my friends. And so that can be a really easy thing to fall into comparison. And then that always just leaves me feeling gross. So that's why I don't go on Instagram all that much. But I do think for creativity's purpose. When I'm feeling uninspired or I have no idea what I want to do next, I will often go on Pinterest or YouTube and I'll look up tutorials, how to embroider Mm. flowers Mm. or Mm -hmm. how to like DIY shirts, something like that. And then I get lots of ideas, ideas of really advanced ways of doing things, really beginner ways, some things like DIY dorm room crafts <laughs> you know and then you just learn all these random things that you may or may not do and yeah that of course has to like you have to have try and have self-control because you can very easily go down the rabbit hole of YouTube but I think just being able to use it in a way that is helpful and encouraging rather than or like informative rather than oh, I'm not that good as this person or I can't do that, it's too hard, is like a balance you have to find.
2: Hank Green has a video, It probably from a while ago, but it's kind of stuck with me. I think the name in the video is something like how to stay motivated or something. Mm -hmm. You know, how to like stay successful in the things that you're doing. And his main suggestion was just that like you have to keep getting new input in the like lanes of topic that you want to keep creating on mm. he's like he was like i wouldn't have new inspiration to create new scishow videos if i wasn't feeding myself with scientific information with like the news on what's happening at nasa and jpl lately and like mm. what i if i wasn't like spending my time researching weird aquatic creatures, nothing, it wouldn't be anything new to make me excited because I wouldn't be learning. Hmm. And so he was just explaining this like duality of in order to create new things, you actually have to constantly be learning yourself and, and like so that you stay interested in it, which he pulled out to be as inclusive as... Spending time with your family. He was like, I, you know, if you want to be a good family person, you have to spend time with your family. It's like a cyclical thing. And the more you spend time with your family, the more you enjoy spending time with your family. And the more that you like find new things to delight in with them and new habits and traditions to make. And so, like, more creates more in that good sense, Yeah, which I found helpful. I
0: think it's also... I like how you brought up the family thing because, you know, when you have a relationship, you have to pursue it to keep it, whether it be right. your best friend or your spouse or your boyfriend or whatever. Or your mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and anyone, your family, you have to pursue those relationships to keep it. So I think in the same way as you're saying, like you have to pursue something if you want to learn more about it. Hmm. And I learned I took APR this past year and it was really hard, but good. And we had to we had a. A painting or like an art piece due every two weeks. So we didn't have time to become inspired and go smell the roses Mm -hmm. and then like go on a walk and then think maybe I'll do this. It was like no you have to get it done and it's due tomorrow and then (laughs) you have another one next week. Um, And so my teacher would always say inspiration is overrated. You have to muscle through Hmm. and the more you do it the more you'll be able to do it. And so there were often days where I had something due the next day I had no idea what I was gonna do.
2: Yeah sometimes you would FaceTime me and be like I don't know, but I'm sitting here drawing while I talk to you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: So I would take my sketchbook with me everywhere I went and I would sketch people on Zoom, on the Zoom boxes, or I would go to a museum or because COVID, I would go to like online shows. I would look up other people and their AP art stories. I would look up on Pinterest, impressionist paintings. And seeing all these other things I would say oh I really like how she did that like I want to do something like that oh I really like those flowers I think I want to incorporate that in a piece and being able to as you say like Hank Green said take all that in was helping I guess inspire me to do the next thing and then of course as I did it more and more and more I was constantly getting more ideas and then when I finished the year I had done I think a total of like 16 pieces I think because I had muscled through so much and I had done so many in a row, I was finally realizing I've only scratched to the surface.
1: Hmm.
0: I could Hmm. go five more years in the same concentration because I know there's way more deeper to get into. I just haven't quite gotten there yet. So it was like a whole year of learning. But I think that applies to a lot of other things, too.
2: Oh, I do, too. It's reminding me of another book that I was introduced to by another artist type called The War of Art. Hmm. I recommend... Ooh, maybe we'll do a book study on that, too, Mom. It's also... A short, wonderful read like the John Cleese book, but the author of this book is a, a writer. But he says it's the same thing. Mm. He's like, you, you're not waiting for inspiration. It, that's what he calls it, the war of art, where there's like, I know art is like, feel the the art and do the thing. He was like, no, 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 you sit down at the same time every day and you sit at your computer and you write and you write and you write and you write, and there's like a struggle to that and there's like a push through of that
1: and like a sit in the trenches part of that mm. that you need to be successful so you have to have a lot of self-discipline and a lot of consistent habits
0: and courage as we said from the beginning
1: mm-hmm. to like just to start with whatever it is and do it mm-hmm.
0: yeah it is a discipline though i think i i heard that stephen king writes for six hours every day and he's a timer mm on his computer so he's like typing for six hours every day and once he stops typing the timer stops and of course that's like his full-time job because he's really good at writing but in the
1: same way it's like i'm sure he's not always inspired and yet he makes himself do it yeah this is a terrible sentence i am typing a terrible sentence
2: (laughs) (laughs) did you audrey your mom did you have these things growing up when i all through school growing up probably through college it would probably still happen if i ever had to write anything again in my life Whenever I was stuck in an essay, I would sit there grumpy for a minute, and I would write the first two lines of a Clifford book, and then I would erase it, and I'd start over. What are the first two lines? Hello, my name is Emily Elizabeth, and this is my big
1: red dog, Clifford. Oh, that's That's hilarious! And I just
2: would write that whole thing out, and then I would delete the whole thing, starting on my essay.
1: (laughs) We used to... Tell Clifford stories, and they were always, like, made-up, long, meandering Kiffard stories. Kifford
2: stories. Yeah. I couldn't say my R's, and therefore, in the word Clifford, I couldn't say my L, so it was a Kifford dolly. <laughs> L and R.
1: That's takes funny. a lot of tongue muscle. Audrey, do you like to be creative by yourself or in a group with other people? Ah, uh, yes. This is a multi-layered <laughs> question slash answer. Ah. Uh, For a style challenge, she invites her mom to be creative with her. <laughs> That's right. I think i've always loved teams i as like i've always
0: been in sports with teams and it's my favorite i love team building i love having that encouraging community around me but Hmm. as i said before when it comes to creativity it's often when i'm learning something new or trying something Mm. new so if a team with me is not at the same level as me i am not in a position to be teaching because i'm learning Hmm. And so that can yeah. get really hard if someone's like, I want to sew this thing with you, but then it's just me sewing yeah. the whole time and that's not very fun. But I really, really enjoy having like a a sounding board, is that what you call it, to like mm-hmm. bounce off of. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I really loved my sophomore year art class as I had mm-hmm. a lot of friends in there. And it became very common that we would just all be drawing next to each other, doing our own thing, you know, talking about our day. And then I would lift up my paper to my friend next to me, hey, does this head look proportionate to the body? I think it should be a little bit more oval. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. And I keep going. And just like little things mm. like that, where I'm not teaching someone else, they're not necessarily trying to fix me, but when I ask for help, they're able to get it, give it in a constructive way, and they know what they're talking about. And I I really appreciate that. And that was also helpful, like in this past year of going to art class. I don't know what I should do. I have a few random ideas. What do you guys think? And then being able to kind of get a vote for it or We would often say, like, if someone else came to me like that, well, I like how you're talking about this, but maybe if you added the green in the background, that would bring out this color in the front or whatever,
1: you know. So that was, I really like that. So creating alongside, side by side, creating, they're doing their thing, you're doing your thing, you can weigh in on each other. Yeah, I think so.
2: Versus, like, straight up collaboration.
1: Yeah, direct collaboration. That's really interesting because I love bouncing ideas off of different teachers for my parent ed classes. Mm. But having like sometimes having to create together is a little bit stressful.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the hardest part. Because then you if you're trying to create together for one goal, someone's going to have to sacrifice their idea for someone else's. Mm -hmm. And that it's like really hard to kill your babies and decide what you want to do together. Yeah, which kind of comes to the other question that i was going to ask which is do you have any tips for healthfully or safely sharing art with other people because that's also where like there's so much courage that comes in creativity as we've already decided that that can be really close to your heart and i think that you're pretty good audrey at like at least i didn't do a lot of like performance work but even like uh, was it last week? A couple days ago, I sent you pictures of some sketches that I had done and I was like kind of nervous to send them to you even though I knew that I wanted you to see them because you're a great visual artist and I have not, but I wanted your opinion and I wanted your help and it's like, there, it's just like, you're really like putting your heart out there when you're sharing art with
0: someone else. How do you do that with kindness? That's a good question. And it definitely depends on my mood. <laughs> sure. There are times where I will show someone a painting in the thought that I'm going to have to explain it and I want to explain it. I want to show the meaning. And then there are mm. other times where that same painting has been on the wall for months and someone new comes in. What does this mean? And I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to explain it to you. I don't owe you any explanation. Like, just look at it. Come on. <laughs> and so, of course, that is like my own thing, you know, attitude whatever but I think in general I want people to see my effort behind something and not my talent and oh that's good uh, a teacher shared this with me freshman year of saying that he was thinking a lot of like in the U.S. it's very common to say wow you're so talented or like we've got America's got talent you know <laughs> things mm-hmm. like that where It's like you were born with this and I wasn't. So yay for you versus, Mm. oh, you worked really hard. Wow. And if I work really yeah. hard, I can also get there. But I'm doing something else. You to appreciate it more that way. Absolutely. So I don't really like it when I show someone something and they're just like, Oh wow, you're so talented. That's so amazing. You worked so hard on it. Blah, blah blah. Because I think number one, it puts me on like an unfair pedestal that I don't like being on. Sure. And also I often feel like when people are saying that, they talk about it as if it was a burden to create it mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. something joyful. Mm-hmm. I find yeah. this a lot like if I I made a meal. Wow, Audrey, like, you worked so hard on this. It's really good. Wow, you're really talented. But, like, you don't have to do this. And I'm like, I I would actually really just prefer you to say, you spent a lot of time on this. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Somebody once said to me, Daddy and I played a, we played, I think, feel like there was a third person, but I played my flute and he played his guitar okay. no his uh-huh. guitar and and we sang well i i wasn't singing cuz he he was singing but somebody came up to me afterwards and said wow that must have taken a lot of practice and i was like was i that bad that it seemed that obvious that i had to practice that hard oh, weird. i don't know it just i was like that's not the comment you're giving to my husband so um yeah it's hard to compliment people because you it's hard, some if you say oh you must have worked really hard on that then I don't know. You're
2: like, you didn't expect more from me?
1: Yeah. So then, if you ask someone, well, tell me about the painting, but you don't want to tell them about it, then that's also a challenging situation.
0: Yeah. I think it really is personal preference, and it's just knowing your audience. I know in in my art class, we would have critiques every week. And so you'd bring your art and then people would tell you about it. And it was nowhere near like a college critique where I've heard teachers will rip your painting apart, actually. (laughs) But it was like sometimes my art teacher would be kind of brutal. Like, this head looks like a broom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but i knew that she had my best interests at heart
2: and she you like part of your relationship contract was that she was teacher and you were student right exactly I, which is different than like me giving that kind of an assessment yeah, I,
0: she knows what she's talking about and i want her to tell me those kind of things and i have learned especially like just from her that it's not a reflection on me like my head doesn't look like a broom but it's just <laughs> like my skill level might be it definitely is lower than hers she's been doing this for 25 years and i want to hear her right. feedback and also we would have like the other students in the class would critique And they would say their thoughts. They would say like an encouraging thought and then you call it constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. So something that's actually going to help. Like not, um, I don't really like it. Okay,
2: why? I had a teacher in high school say connect before you correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You always say a good thing or a connection or a appreciation And then you give your feedback.
0: Yeah. And it can't just be, oh, it's good or it's bad. It has to be... That's right. Well, actually, over here, these lines come together and that shows a tangent or whatever it may be. But I think just learning, I want to get better. I know her best interest at heart. I'm going into this knowing. And also, with other students who might not know as much as they're talking about or I might not value their opinion, I don't have to keep it. And that is easier said than done. But I think that in the same way of when I'm talking to people who I know don't know art as well as I do or don't know how to use the medium I worked with is I might show them a painting and they might say, wow, that was really good. Like how long did that take you? And I'm over here. Oh, it's actually really easy. It took me like two hours or something of like, just like striking it off. Like, okay, I didn't really know. But whatever. Or if they're, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like that painting. It's kind of weird. I'm like, okay,
2: who cares? <laughs> I don't care about your you saying. It's tricky. That takes some really intentional personal work to, like, be able to shrug that off.
0: It does. And, and one thing I did a few years ago regarding sports is a friend told me to do this, but I just wrote down all the names of the opinions I cared about people. Mm. And then she Ooh. said, everyone else, just throw it out. You don't wow. need to know about that. And so that, of course can change regarding like what the opinion is but that was super helpful and just knowing like oh you said uh, i you didn't really like how i ran today well you might some aspects of what you're saying might be right but also i don't care about your opinion so i'm gonna go talk to my coach about this and see what he Hmm. says yeah the
2: last sort of component of uh of this like sharing process that i just thought of i was i'm just like kind of connecting it to other places where we like are in this is a transaction of encouragement or affection between each other I'm like such a proponent of you're allowed to ask for affection and you're allowed to ask for love in a particular way, right? Like We talk about like, I can't read your mind. If you would like a hug, you got to tell me that you, I, you need a hug. You can't just be like, oh, you haven't given me affection all day. You know? <laughs> you're allowed to ask for it and asking for it doesn't devalue the gift. Yeah. It's the following through of intentionality from that person giving the gift that shows the true like connection and love. I wonder if there's a way to do that even with the way that you share art with the world or the people around you, you know, like when you you could probably like, create those circumstances a little bit. If you would like people to care about the effort that you put in, even though you know it doesn't look stellar, you could start with, I'm really proud of the effort I put in. I know this is a work in progress, but I've just worked so hard on it. I wanted to share it with you. Yeah, And that like preps the person that cares about you to respond in kind with wow tell me how long it took I'm so proud of you for this effort like I'm here to support you in that I've
1: heard people say what do you like about what you did which mm. kind of puts me on the spot but I like I like it also
0: <laughs> yeah I think Ingrid what it reminds me of is the that- I'm saying this like in a parenting aspect, which I'm not a parent, so I don't know if I'm totally... That's what this podcast is. I'll correct (laughs) you if you're wrong. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, I was talking to one of my teachers a while ago about his kids. He has four kids. And I was just asking about them. And he just mentioned that everyone receives love differently, Mm -hmm. even all his four kids who are under the age of 10. Mm. And he said, it's hard to learn how to give love to each of my kids. And I don't always do it right. And that's really hard. And he was kind of asking me, like, how do your parents love you? And it just occurred to me that my parents don't always get it right either but what but mom i'm getting getting to it i'm getting to it but my my parents have taught me really well and i of course i'm still learning but of how to advocate for myself Mm -hmm. and how to speak up so even if they aren't loving me like the way i want i've learned to say hey i didn't i didn't like that you left the dinner table last night can we go on a walk together tonight or like uh just it gives you agency in the relationship yeah and not like feeling bad about asking for it because i think it's better because it's like the same thing you said you can't read your mind if you feel lonely and you don't say anything about it how are they supposed to know so it's like just teaching whoever you're loving teaching them to be able to be vocal about what they need and then you can help fulfill that and sometimes that can be hard it can feel like a little bit awkward but of course when you do it it's like okay i'm glad that i asked so i think right. that can work the same in creativity or art or something i you Not sure how I feel about this painting, but I wanted to share it with you. Or I really like this one. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I love our conversation, Audrey. I love that you... I know we said at the beginning with the John Cleese quote, like, this is about thinking outside the box everywhere. And then we did kind of spend most of the episode talking about art. But that's (laughs) because you're an artist. And that was part of this, is like hearing from you in the way that as a young person in the world, you interact with the other media around you and the way that you're creative. And I'm just really thankful for your thoughts and your wisdom. You're super cool. I can't believe we're And
0: real quick blurb about other ways to be creative. I think it is about thinking outside the box of like, if you're exercising, maybe you don't always do curls. Maybe go take a hike yeah. or go do gymnastics or go jump on trampoline. You know, there's other ways to do that. Yeah. Or if you're getting a job, what makes you stand out versus someone else? Other things like that. Yeah, I, I totally
2: think it applies to everything. And that's what's fun about it. this being a series is we're probably going to take all of these things you've said today about how it takes courage and you can ask for what you need and it takes discipline. We're going to keep talking about those and all the other non-artistic ways later in the series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us today, Angie. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun.
2: Good. Well, we feel honored that you're here, and Mom, I'll talk to you next week a little more about creativity. All right. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom Let's Talk. If you liked
1: hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, hi mompodcast.com.
2: If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at Hi Mom Podcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.